Hi, thank you for continuing to join us on our sermon series on the Lord's Prayer. Today we turn our attention towards the phrase, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Our text again is from Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 13, where Jesus says this, Pray then in this way, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not bring us to the time of trial, but rescue us from the evil one. Let us pray. Almighty God, I pray that you pray this prayer through us so that we can live out the life that you called us to live. Lord, we ask that you would lead us so that we don't fall into temptation, but that we might be a part of the response to evil and overcoming oppression in this world. Lord, I ask that the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. Lead us not into temptation. Why would God ever lead us into temptation? I first considered that question as a child in the doctor's office one day. I was reading a Reader's Digest in the waiting room, and the author of the particular article was looking at troublesome passages of Scripture. This is one that he brought up, and I'll admit I hadn't thought of it before then, but it was a good question. Why are we asking God to lead us not into temptation? It doesn't seem like something he would do anyway. I've been asked the same question by a lot of people throughout my career. And it's a good question because Scripture teaches us that God tempts no one. In James chapter 1, verse 13, it says this, No one, when tempted, should say, I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, and he himself tempts no one. So why would Jesus encourage us to ask the Father to do what God would never do? It just doesn't really make sense. Well, the problem might be fixed by a comma. You see, the original Greek language did not include punctuation. Adam Hamilton shares a thought that he got from someone else that there should be a comma after the word us. Without the comma, the prayer is, don't lead us into temptation, and we don't think God ever would. With the comma, the prayer is, lead us. It's asking God to lead us, and we definitely need that. So the first part of our prayer today is, God, lead us. You may recall Psalm 23, where David says, Lead us in righteous paths for your namesake. Uh, David is asking God to lead him, to lead all of us on the right path but not because we've deserved it, not because we have a right to ask that of God or that, that we've earned any special favor, but David stresses it is for God's name's sake that we ask God to lead us so that we won't be an embarrassment to God, so that we will improve God's reputation, that we will be a blessing for God in the world around us. Lead us in a way that won't embarrass your holy name. Like the rest of the prayer, take notice of the first person plural. Lead us. So many times when I've prayed this prayer, it's when I've been facing temptation. And, and what I'm really praying is, Lord, 
save me from temptation, rescue me from going into sin. And, and it certainly is that, but we can't stop there. It's not a prayer that's just about me following the rules. It's lead us, lead our family, our church, our community, our world. It becomes all inclusive. Lord, lead all of these groups uh, so that we don't fall into temptation. Because if Christ doesn't lead us, we'll definitely, definitely lead ourselves into trouble. When Jesus is not leading, we're tending to go the wrong way. Without the love of Christ, we will still serve our own selfish desires. Uh, when Adam and Eve followed their own lead, creation suffered in a big way. It always does when we humans get to lead. When we choose the way that we'll go so often, practically always, we choose to go in uh, the wrong direction. So lead us, not into temptation. Lead us so that we don't lead ourselves into temptation. Now, temptation comes in three general forms. We get that from the book of 1 John chapter 2, verse 16. The lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the boastful pride of life. Now, the lust of the eyes is an inordinate desire to have something we see. We see it, we got to have it. That's kind of the motto for our materialistic world. I, I see it, I got to have it. That's lust of the eyes. The, the lust of the flesh, we normally associate with sexual sin, and it is, but it extends far beyond that. It's an inordinate desire to please the body. It can be, uh, it can be of course, with sexual sin, but also with gluttony, with doing anything that puts too much emphasis and obsession with making our bodies feel better. And then the boastful pride of life. That's desiring to be more important than we are. More important, than to, desiring to be more than we were created to be. This one is particularly evident in our society. This willingness to do anything for the approval of others, anything to be liked, whether we're doing silly stunts on YouTube or TikTok, or whether we're just bending over backwards to try to be what everybody else wants us to be, we're obsessed with winning approval, and it leads to destruction. Ultimately, temptation appeals to our selfishness. It seeks to get us to put ourselves above God and others. That's the goal of temptation, for us to consider ourselves before God and others. And everyone is tempted. It's universal. It's not until we give in to that selfishness that we have committed sin, though. And God gives us power over temptation. We don't have to give in to temptation. In 1 Corinthians 10, 13, it says this, No testing has overtaken you that is not common to everyone. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tested beyond your strength. But with the testing, he will also provide the way out so that you may be able to endure it. Now, I always look at that verse as, as good news, but some tough accountability too. It's great hope, but it's tough love all in one verse. The, the great hope is that we can escape temptation, that when we are tempted to do something that would violate love for God or love for others, there is always an escape hatch. There is always a way out, and that is good news for us. But it's tough accountability as well because the, it's also true that when we sin, there's no excuse. 
There's no excuse for giving in to temptation because God has provided a way out. And so God is continually calling us forward to be more and more of who God created us to be. And there's no room for us to say, well, I can't help myself. I'm only human. The reality is, is that we are called to love like God loves. And we're going to mess up. We're going to give in to temptation. When we do, we confess that and God forgives us and cleanses us from all unrighteousness. But still, we continue to press on towards resisting temptation and being shaped into the image of Christ. And then lead us, not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Help us to resist evil, injustice, and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves. That's one of our United Methodist vows. We, we all cling to that as a part of what it means to follow Christ. But the prayer is not just about temptation to cheat on taxes or to have an affair. It calls us to fight for justice for our neighbors around the world. Uh, it's a refusal to get caught up in the evil of the world. Deliver us from evil, we say. Deliver us from whatever evil is going in the, on in the world. And so we are, we are part of answering that prayer when we stand with Ukraine, when we side with the marginalized, when we welcome the refugee and the stranger, even if they don't look like us, talk like us, or even believe like us. So we are praying that God would use us as a force to deliver this world from the power of evil. Victory over temptation is intricately connected to the rest of the prayer. You can't just lift these lines out as, as if the rest of the prayer doesn't matter. Look at all of the ands that Jesus includes. A-N-D-S. Give us this day our daily bread and... Forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not bring us to the time of trial, but rescue us from the evil one. Jesus teaches us prayer in a way that suggests that all of these things are interconnected. Our daily bread and our forgiveness and our deliverance from evil, that they're all intertwined. Perhaps we should approach them that way as well. Our Father in heaven. Hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.